You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, wearing my Northwestern shirt, go Cats. Uh, and uh, wanted to do, just wanted to experiment a little bit with this Facebook Live. It's something that we're hoping to do a little bit more of at Locked On Magic. Of course, also listen to Locked On Magic, probably. Uh, but one is something we're looking to do a little bit more here uh, with Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic, trying to figure out the best way to use this technology, get a little bit more interaction with you. So I want to thank everyone for sticking with me uh, with this experiment, with figuring out everything that this is all about. I, I felt like today was the best day to do this because I'm going to answer some of your questions in the mailbag uh, that I just posted on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Uh, so I'll go through uh, one or two of those questions, talk a little bit more about them in depth. Of course, if you have your own questions, I want to interact with you live. So feel free to drop a question in the comment. I should see them up on the screen to my right. It's pointing left, but it's to my right. Uh, and so I'll be able to interact with you live here on the show. Uh, but before we dive into anything uh, a little bit more, there was a little bit of news today, a bit of surprising news, in fact, that the Orlando Magic have waived Marcus Georges Hunt. Uh, to many of us, Marcus Georges Hunt was probably the best player uh, in the Orlando Magic Summer League, he averaged about 14 points per. He averaged 14 points per game on the nose. Uh, shot 50% from the floor. Looked like a much improved three-point shooter. Uh, I thought he had a real shot at making the roster. This was, of course, before the team decided to sign Aaron Aflalo. Uh, Georgia Sun to me, a little bit of an undersized wing, a two-three uh, type player, uh, but he definitely had, I thought, a lot of the skills the Magic wanted. He's a tough-minded defender. He's versatile, even though he doesn't necessarily have the length that the Magic are really looking for on the wings. And I thought that he showed a, showed enough that he could maybe develop into a little bit of playmaker. I thought that the Magic would be willing to kind of to develop him a little bit more. Unfortunately, it just became a little bit of a numbers crunch. It just became a, a bit of a situation where the team didn't have the space for him anymore. Uh, because essentially what we all thought the Magic were going to do this summer was they were going to look to add young players— they're going to look to add players uh, that didn't that, that maybe had had a little bit more of a, a ceiling or, or a little bit more of a growth growth curve and, and not add veterans. And so when the Magic added players like Aaron Aflalo and even to some extent Jonathan Simmons, um, it, it changed I think the calculus for the Magic. I think there was certainly a point in time where the Magic were going to. Uh, keep a guy like Marcus Georges Hunt. I think that, that that was something that was probably considered at the beginning of the summer. But as opportunities developed the rest of the summer, uh, things changed. Needs changed, and, and the situation changed for him. Georges Hunt, of course, played only five games at the end of last season. They signed him uh, April, I think it was April 1st. Um, really just end of the season signing. They signed him to a multi-year deal. It was pretty much a, we're going to give you some guaranteed money now. You're going to play summer league. You're going to get your chance to make the team in training camp, and then we'll move on from there. Rob Hennigan was was let go was let go, but it definitely felt like both he and Patricio Garino, who signed on the same day, were going to be given the same kind of opportunity to to make the roster uh, uh, this coming season. Uh, that of course has now not played out. Uh, that that Georges Hunt has been waived, and and it honestly it, it smells a little bit uh, like this was done as a favor to him. That the, the there was a realization between both the Magic and Marcus Georges Hunt's camp. That and I have no information to suggest suggest this is true, but this is just my gut feeling. That there was a little bit of a situation where it, it just appeared that the the Magic no longer had the room for him to play. He realized that, and so he wanted out. He wanted a different situation, and I think the Magic 
as a favor to him, let him go out of his contract. Let him go find another situation. Uh, I think that's the, the nice thing to do. He had no guaranteed money, so it doesn't cost the Magic anything. Um, he had no guaranteed money, so he actually could come back for a two-way contract. My understanding is that that's not in the cards for him. He And honestly, the way he played both in the limited time he got at the end of last season as well as uh, in, the, in the way he played in Summer League, I think that he deserves a crack to make a roster. Uh, I think this is just this just ended up not being a good situation for him to do so. And so it, the Magic, for whatever reason, decided that they were going to let him go to another place or go to another team and, and have that opportunity to make a training camp roster. I think that's the right thing to do. I think it's the best thing for Marcus Georgesant. Um, I think it's probably the best thing for the Magic, too. Um, they, they can maybe use that roster spot another way. They have now 16 16, roster, 16 contracts on their books. Uh, Patricia Garino is still unguaranteed. Ken Birch also still unguaranteed. Uh, they still have their two, two-way slots available. So it, it just feels like that George's Hunt just was kind of lost in the shuffle between all the guys that the Magic have to play at that position. I mean, you look, look at the two and the three, the shooting guard and the small forward spots. It's Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Wesley Awundu, Aaron Aflalo, Jonathan Simmons, Jonathan Isaac, throw him in there, Mario Azonia. There are a lot of guys competing for minutes there, and there's just not an opportunity for Marcus George's Hunt. And so it seemed like the decision was just kind of made, let him walk, you know, give him an opportunity to go sign elsewhere. I think it's the I think it's the right thing to do. It's a favor to the agent, so you know maybe the the agent can come back. Uh, you know, you, you build those long term relationships. It's that's the way the NBA world actually works. Uh, so I think that this was this was a very strategic kind of business move. Good for Marcus Georgesant. I hope that he catches on somewhere. I hope that he gets an opportunity to to play and get a chance to make a roster somewhere uh, before the Aaron Afalo signing. Like I said, I thought that he had a real chance to make the Magic roster and. Just wasn't in the cards this time. So uh, surprising that it actually happened, uh, you know, uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll hear pretty soon that, that he'll end up somewhere because I think that he is definitely uh, worth an NBA tryout, worth a real shot in making the NBA the way he played uh, the end of last season and in Summer League. And so we'll see what he can do. If, if the Magic hadn't signed Aaron Aflalo, uh, if that opportunity did not come around, I, I really do believe Marcus Georgeson had a real chance to make the Magic roster and probably make the rotation. But of course, things change and and the situation change, and so that's where the magic leave Georgia's hunt now. Uh, just so you know, you're you're listening or watching or doing whatever to the Locked On Magic Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live Experiment Show. We're doing uh, the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag. I'll answer some of your questions live here. If you have any questions or comments about the show, feel free to leave them in the comments section. Let me know. I want to do this to interact a little bit more with you. Kind of sprung it on people here uh, so maybe I need to do a little bit more uh, better planning, but I'm about to go on vacation, so I thought I'd do something nice for you. Um, let's move on to the mailbag portion of today's show, talk a little bit about the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag here. Uh, it's up on orlandomagicdaily.com. I'll answer a few of these questions um, that I, I think are interesting. I think we got some good questions this this time around. A lot of trade questions. I think a lot of people are interested in the trade market with this Orlando Magic team, because I think we all sense that there are some log jams and, and some and some new uh, elements to this team. But I, I think anything that the Magic do starts from this this bigger picture, and it, 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 I want to kind of draw this in from the Marcus Georges Hunt conversation that we just had. Um, it, in that the Magic 
aren't the team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, or at the beginning of the offseason. At the beginning of the offseason, I think we kind of assumed that the Magic would try and find ways to bolster their bench a little bit, but stay relatively young, try and keep some financial flexibility, not spend a lot. And the way the summer played out for Orlando, they didn't have to spend a lot, and they got a little bit older, they got a little bit more seasoned, and, and I still think they, they, they boosted their bench a lot. And so that leads to our first question from F. Mercado, who left us on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. With our free agency signings having abundance of playoff experience, how likely is it that it will translate to pushing the Magic to the level and into the playoffs in a weakened Eastern Conference? I think this has been the big question and big debate among Magic fans, certainly, and certainly among Magic optimists, which I hope people still consider me a Magic optimist. I like to be a Magic optimist. There's certainly pessimists out there. Uh, but um, I, I think that the Magic have put themselves in a position where they're kind of in this wait-and-see mode. Uh, the, the decision to let Marcus George's hunt go I think was born out of the Magic's lack of roster space. I think the, the decision to bring in Aaron Aflalo made Marcus George's hunt very expendable, and essentially the Magic did George's hunt a favor, let him go before camp so he can latch onto another team in training camp and get a shot to make an NBA roster. I think he can make an NBA roster. So I, I think that move in itself really symbolizes a shift in the Magic's philosophy this season. I think that the Magic, uh, at the beginning of training camp, did not feel like they were uh, uh, necessarily so close to making the playoffs. I think that the Magic felt like they were kind of in a wait-and-see mode. Let's see how things play out. We'll look to add maybe a veteran to improve the bench, but really look to add young guys. And that, that gave a guy like Marcus George's Hunt a real good chance of making the roster. That changed with how the summer played out. And I think it changed with how the summer played out in a number of ways. Not just with the Magic internally, but like the commenter said, with the Eastern Conference externally. Um, just looking at the Eastern Conference landscape now, you have Paul Millsap in Denver out of Atlanta. So Atlanta's probably not a playoff team. I actually think the Hawks are worse than the Magic right now. You have uh, Jimmy Butler now in Minnesota. Chicago's now out of the playoffs. They might be worse than the Magic now. You have Paul George out of Indiana going to Oklahoma City. And these teams did not get better. Those are three playoff teams that I think you can safely say are completely out of the playoff picture right now. Uh, so... What does that mean for the Magic? What, is that, what does that mean for Orlando? It puts them in the conversation if they could improve themselves even just a little bit. Now, there's plenty of debate and plenty of discussion about whether making the playoffs is in and of itself a good thing. I, I am in the camp, and it's somewhat controversial, I'm in the camp that winning is always a good thing. And especially at the beginning of a season, you shouldn't close yourself off to potential playoff success, or you shouldn't close yourself off to potential winning. So I never viewed this season as a tanking season. I always kind of viewed this season as a, a no-loss season. If the team surprised everyone and played well and made the playoffs, fantastic. Ups everyone's trade value. Fans get what they want. Team goes to the playoffs. Everyone's happy. You know, making the playoffs probably means someone made a leap like an Aaron Gordon or an Alfred Payton. And that's just that's just generally a good thing for the team. If the team struggles again like they did last year, then you're back in the back in the lottery, get another high draft pick, another chance to continue building your core and building yourself up to something. So I, I just don't I didn't see any way the magic could lose. As long as they didn't tie themselves up with long-term money, because that was the problem last year. That's that's why the magic feels so bleak right now, 
is they've got a lot of money tied up in Evan Fournier. they got a lot of money tied up in Bismack Biombo. Aaron Gordon's due up. Alfred Payton's due up. It didn't feel like the Magic... that felt like the Magic were at kind of the end of their road with the rebuild, uh, and they didn't have a lot of flexibility to get themselves better. So what they did this summer was they they were able to make themselves better while not spending a ton of money, which I think is a very good... which obviously is a very good thing to get quality players for little cap room is a very, very good thing. If you would have told me that the Magic were going to get Jonathan Simmons uh, at the beginning of the summer for $18 million, I would have said per year? No. Total contract, 18 over 3, third year's non-guaranteed. That is a killer deal for a guy as good as Jonathan Simmons. If you would have told me the Magic were going to get Aaron Aflalo and, and Maurice Spates at the minimum, I would have thought you were crazy. So I think from a financial standpoint, the Magic did them did themselves really, really, really good with uh, the way that they spent. Now, is it enough to make the playoffs? That is a huge question. I'm not sure. I, I'm really not sure. I have no idea, sitting here July 31st, how to predict how the Magic are going to play or how the Magic are going to to, to be as a team next year. Uh, I think that there are, there are two sides to this coin with the Magic. First, the starting lineup last year had a positive net rating after the All-Star break. The, the lineup of, of Alfred Payton, uh, let me get my starting line here. Alfred Payton, Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic had a plus 1.4 net rating in about 410 minutes of play. That's good. That's, it's not bad. It's about probably a little bit over 500 team. The, the team that, the, the reason the Magic were so bad last year was actually because the team didn't have a reliable bench. The bench unit was one of the worst bench units in the league after the All-Star break. Just no getting around it. No getting around it. That was a bad, bad, bad bench unit last year. And it cost the Magic a lot of games. Having said all that, I don't think that it, it I don't think it necessarily means that the Magic are gonna become a great team, become a plus 500 team, just because the starting lineup was good at the end of last season. The defense at the end of last season was abysmal. About 112 points allowed per 100 possessions. Didn't matter if it was Vucevic or Biombo. Uh, while the offense was very good, defense was very, very bad. Actually, the offense was 112. The defense was 110. Very bad. Very, 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 very bad. And so it, it, I, I am still concerned about the magic. I am still concerned about whether what we saw at the end of last season actually can translate to... Uh, to, to the, uh, uh, to to the regular season, to, to to a full season. I think the defense could definitely improve. I think a full training camp of defense and a full summer planning can help. But so one else, so everyone else is going to to see that too. Um, I think that um, it's definitely a, a huge question mark. And I see your questions here. I'll, I'll get to them in just a moment here. Uh, it's definitely a huge question mark whether the Magic are going to be able to, to take that step up. I think the bench has improved, and I like the veteran play off the bench. I think that the Magic have a lot more internal competition now. It's the reason why a guy that I like in Marcus Georges Hunt got pushed out. Um, so I, I think that it, it's hard to say right now if the Magic are a playoff team. I think that they're in that group pushing to make the playoffs. I think, you know, when you look at the Eastern Conference playoff picture right now, I think there are six teams that are that are in for sure. Or actually, there, there, there are five teams that I would say right now, no doubt, in for sure. Cleveland, Boston, 
uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, uh, and uh, I'm forgetting one, Washington. Those are your five. Those are five teams I think are in for sure. I think Charlotte and Miami are definitely probably in. I, I feel fairly comfortable putting them in, and, and I'm, I'm essentially saying they're in. So I think that there's one spot that is really just up for grabs, and anyone can get it. Uh, between Detroit, who's very good but had a disappointing season last year, they've got a lot of flaws. Uh, New York, if Carmelo Anthony's still there, they got stars. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt because they have stars. Uh, I think Indiana might hang around a little bit in that group too if Miles Turner can take a step up and Victor Oladipo's back to being the guy off the perimeter. I think that that could be very good too for them. Uh, and I, Philadelphia, they're talented, but um, anything could happen uh, with them. And so Orlando, you, I can't sit here and say that Orlando's not in that group. I think they're as good as New York. I think they're as, they're as good as Philadelphia. You know, not in the long run maybe, but this year Philadelphia's a young team. They're going to make a lot of mistakes this year. And we don't know if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can get through a season healthy. Ben Simmons is a rookie too. Can't rely on rookies. So I think that the Magic definitely are in the running. I think that they smelled some opportunity, and when these veterans came up at, at such affordable deals, they kind of struck a little bit. They didn't tie themselves up, though. That's the important thing. They're still very versatile. They can go out into the free agent market, still make some moves, still make some trades. They've got a lot of options in front of them, and I think they're they're more than willing to sit back and say, let's see how these guys play. Let's see how these guys play together and then make some decisions from there. Uh, I'm seeing your questions here. I want to make sure I get to them. Uh, from Noah Allo, I think he, I think Noah, you actually asked this on the mailbag and I answered it, but I'll, I'll answer this one here. Do you expect a breakout season for Mario Hazonia this season? This is a really popular topic. I know because Mario Hazonia, fifth overall pick. Everyone loves the guy. I, I, I think he's a good kid. I, I, I think that uh, he's just been hang, hungering for some opportunity. Um, I don't know if Hazonia is going to have a breakout season this year. I honestly don't know what role Hazonia is going to play this year. Um, if you listen, if you're listening to this on the Locked On Magic feed, and you heard the Marcus George's Hunt conversation that I had uh, before starting the Facebook Live section or the, the mailbag section, um, if you're listening on the mailbag, you can, or if you're listening on Facebook Live, you completely missed this because of my audio issues. Um, I, I I think that. The reason the Magic cut Marcus Rogers Hunt is there just is not enough minutes for him on the ro- uh, in the rotation on the team. Uh, between Fournier, Ross, Simmons, Aflalo, that's your two deep on the wings. That's your two deep. I think Isaac's going to want some minutes at the three. Um, I think Awundu is going to... Uh, Awundu, I anticipate actually spending a lot of time uh, in the G League in Lakeland. Uh, so I don't know if, how much minutes he's going to get. But unless Sezoni is playing power forward, and like I said, you got that two deep there already, Isaac's got to play some four. So I I just don't see where Mario Zoni is going to get his minutes. Um, I don't think that he's going to... Uh, I think that he's going to take a step up. I think we're going to see him in preseason and say, okay, he's a better player. But ultimately, Mario Zoni's success or failure in this league is going to come down to his shooting. Last year, he shot 29.9% from beyond the arc. He beat... His defense is better, but it's not good enough to keep him on the floor. As a young player, you have to have some NBA skill. You have to have some skill that keeps you on the floor in the NBA. And last year, Mario Zonia did not have that. And as expected, he was no longer playing on an NBA floor. 
I think that the Magic are not quite ready to give up on Mario Zonia. I think they still recognize his talent, but he's got to prove that he's worth keeping around. He's got to prove that he deserves rotation minutes or that he has some value somewhere in the league. Uh, like we said on the podcast uh, with, with the Orlando Magic podcast last week, it is a prove-it year for a lot of guys. For Mario Zonia, his NBA career might be at stake. I think it's a good step for him not to play in Euro, not to play for Euro, in Eurobasket this year. Um, I think that, that that allows him to work on his individual game, something that he said he wanted to do. Uh, but it's going to be really tough for Hazonia to crack this rotation. I think that there are just so many quality players that the Magic want to play, and it's going to be really, really, really tough uh, for Hazonia to get there. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that Hazonia can, can break through there because I still really like him as a player. I still like his potential. But at the end of the day, this is a results-based business. You either have enough to, to, to make it or you don't. It, it matters what you do on the court. And based on last year, Hazonia just did not do enough on the court to succeed and, and to, make, uh, to make the grade, so to speak. Uh, our good pal Leslie Stoves asks, do you see Simmons as a main go-to guy? Um, I am, I'm, I'm still getting to know Jonathan Simmons a little bit. Uh, I'm not 100% sold. Uh, that he's the next coming of Jimmy Butler, although I, I do see that potential. Uh, I think that he still has a lot of room to grow in his game, but he's also 27, 28 years old. So he is essentially in the prime of his career right now. Uh, I'm, I think I got to see him play first before I assign a, a, a solid role for him. Uh, I think that I really got to see him, uh, become, you know, what he is. Um, there were games certainly last year with the San Antonio Spurs where he showed up and, and put up a lot of points. He can put up a lot of points in a hurry. Um, I think offensively, you want to see that consistency from him. You want to see him able to make shots on a consistent basis, You know, maybe create a little bit for himself. I'm not sure how much of a creator he is for himself. Uh, right now, I think playing him as the sixth man, uh, as far as the bench goes, I think he's the bench's go-to guy. I think he's the best. I think he's probably the best uh, overall offensive option coming off the bench, either him or a follow. And I think they'll be able to play off each other a little bit too. Um, I think that, uh, assuming that Simmons comes off the bench, I, I, right now I'm operating under the assumption that Simmons is coming off the bench. Uh, that can change, and I think that that there's definitely a a belief and certainly a possibility that he could push one of Ross or Fournier, probably Ross to the bench where, you know, Ross has had a very successful career as a sixth man. I think that's a role that he's comfortable with. And certainly with the Magic's uh, offensive issues throughout the roster, um, having some offensive balance, you know, maybe adding Simmons to that group so they start off good defensively. And then having Ross be a, a, a score, dynamic scorer off the bench, That I think that can work. Um, I think we'll maybe see that switch at, at some point during the season too. Um, right now, I view Simmons as a role player or, you know, sixth man at best. I think that he can be a bigger offensive contributor, uh, but I haven't seen the consistency from him. I'm not handing him the ball and saying, go. He's, again, like everyone, he's got to prove it in practice that he can do it. Um, I think that the Magic's offensive approach this year is going to be very similar to years past where it's very uh, by committee. Uh, you have a bunch of guys who can score, whether it's Nikola Vucevic, whether it's Evan Fournier, whether it's Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon's going to be given a little bit more responsibility offensively too. Um, now that the team kind of knows where they're going to put him. 
uh, Simmons is going to be kind of in, Ross and Simmons will be in that same group where some nights it'll be their night. If they're hot, they're going to get the ball. If they have the right matchup, they're going to get the ball. Uh, but I, I wouldn't quite put Simmons in that go-to guy category quite yet. If you were a go-to guy, the Magic wouldn't have gotten him for $6 million a year, essentially. Or for, I think, what, this year's 6.3? Next year's 6, and the so final year's 5.7? Um, if he were that potential, if team saw him with that potential, they would have been willing to to give... Uh, they would have been willing to give him, or some team would have been willing to, to test him out as a restricted free agent. Of course, that did not happen. And so I think that the Magic uh, are going to kind of uh, see what Simmons is, start him out in a six-man role, see if he can take a little bit more offensive responsibility. And if it really works, I mean, we saw it with, what, Paul George? Uh, I think I think Frank Vogel's a perfect coach to know uh, how to handle this because, remember, Paul George started his career with the Indiana Pacers as kind of a defensive uh, change of pace off the bench. Um, that was his role. He was playing behind Danny Granger. When Granger got hurt, that's when George stepped up and really became a star. Uh, so uh, essentially what I think the Magic are asking Simmons to do, or what they're maybe hoping Simmons will do, is he'll push, he'll make one of Fournier or Ross expendable. And, and I think I think you'll see that with a lot of players on the roster, with a lot of these position groups, make one of these other guys expendable so we can maybe try something and, and build something through a trade, and I think that's that's the direction the team wants to go. Uh, and remember, you can leave your, your questions in the comments here. I'll, I'll go with one more question. Um, I think it's the big question that a lot of people asked. I got it several times from several people. Uh, last one, I would say, uh, from Austin Freeman, from at Austin Freeman two on Twitter, with the signing of Spades, do you see Vooch trade here soon? This is a sentiment that I've gotten from several, several, several people. Uh, um, sorry, uh, stuff on my phone here. Uh, something I've gotten from several, several people, especially after the Maurice Fates signing, is a Vooch trade imminent. Uh, I think that there is definitely an instinct or a belief that the Magic are going to be active in the trade market, and I absolutely think they should be. With the players that they have, uh, they they have some maneuverability to make some trades. Now, whether it's, whether it's enough to go after Kyrie Irving... I do not think so. I, I'm just I'm not in the the, the push for Kyrie Irving boat. Uh, I think that it's clear. I think the Magic would have to sell the sell the farm for him, uh, and and then he'd be gone in two years, and and you'd be left with nothing essentially. Uh, I, I, and in, in any case, I don't see what the Magic have that Cleveland would want because Cleveland is trying to win championships still. So so you know maybe the Magic involved as the third team. I don't know. I, I just don't see them any way that the Magic acquire Kyrie Irving, but. With all the log jams that we're now seeing with the roster, whether it's Marie Spates now being a third center, whether it's Aaron Aflalo and, and Jonathan Simmons uh, kind of pushing up on Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross with Wesley Awundu, Jonathan Isaac, and and uh, Mario Azonia behind them, there's definitely the possibility, and I think the very likelihood that the Magic will be very active in the trade market and eventually make some type of deal. Um, I don't think anything is imminent, though. I don't think that the Magic are... You know, I'm sure they're actively engaged in trade talks as, as they always are. I'm sure they're, they're constantly exploring things and, and testing the market, but I don't think anything is in, imminent. I think that the Magic are perfectly comfortable going into the going into the season with the roster that they have now and seeing how it plays out, seeing if it works, uh, trying to increase the value of some of these guys that they might not feel are part of the long-term vision. What's most important when you consider trades is how does it help the Magic and how does it help the uh, the team the team that's getting, doing the trade. Um, Orlando does have the kind of pieces where maybe they could package together a few players and go after and get a star or quasi-star on the market. 
Uh, but at the same time, you got to ask, how does the players they're sending out help the help the team that's acquiring them? That matters too. The, with Nikola Vucevic specifically, uh, I think Vucevic made some really nice improvements defensively last year. There's still some problems. He's probably still not the best long-term option for the team, but he's still perfectly acceptable for what he is now. Um, I, I think that uh, that there's still a little bit of of a development that 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 needs to happen with him, uh, but I, I I don't think there's much more room for him to grow. The problem with Vucevic is though. The trade market for centers right now is just bad, for especially for centers like Vucevic, offensive-minded centers who struggle on defense. You got Jaleel Okafor, you got Enos Kanter, you got Greg Monroe, all on the market too. So it's not, and, and, and none of those guys have been moved. Essentially, Enos Kanter has been on the market for, for a couple years now. Jaleel Okafor was on the market all year last year. Uh, Greg Monroe has been on and off the market, and, and, and their teams just can't move him. The Sixers can't move Okafor. The Bucks can't move Monroe. The Magic have struggled to move Vucevic or find a deal that they like for Vucevic. So I think that uh, it's really tough to deal Vucevic. But like with everything, I think time will change some things. I think that we'll see the Magic or see the trade market really pick up toward the deadline for Vucevic, especially considering his contract. Remember, Vucevic is still on that really team-friendly deal. He's owed $12.25 million this year, $12.75 million next year, and then he becomes a free agent. So I think that if a team really needs, say, a backup center or an offensive boosted center, uh, or, you know, the team is looking to kind of trade away a star and bring in, you know, someone that can at least produce or keep them respectable for the rest of the season, Nikola Vucevic is that guy, and he's on a really team-friendly deal, and I think that there will be a market for Vucevic closer to the trade deadline. I, I don't think anything is imminent again. I don't think Bismack Biombo is tradable right now. Three years at $17 million per year, it's going to be really, 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 really tough to move. Uh, I, I just don't see a way that, that any team is taking him out unless he goes out and just absolutely kills it to start the season. And some team says, you know, we, we think he can be a starter and the Magic are wasting him on their bench. Uh, that's essentially what it's going to take to move Biombo. He's got to perform. Everyone's got to perform to increase their market value right now because, you know, coming off a 29-1 season that has been largely deemed a disappointment or at least a step back for the team, uh, it's tough to, to create value that way. And so I think that Vucevic especially, uh, he everyone kind of knows what he is. Uh, I don't think that part has changed. What, what really changes with him is what teams need, uh, how much they're willing to give up for it, and then whether they're willing to take the, take on the salary. I think the salary part is in the Magic's favor, especially closer to the deadline um, and certainly into the offseason next year. Uh, I think teams know what he is. The question is, are they willing to go after him? Are they willing to, to take him on? And right now, I think teams are, are kind of very settled with their rosters, uh, you know, except for the stars that kind of want to move around a little bit. There, You don't see a lot of activity in August. Right now, it's kind of the dead period in the NBA calendar. Uh, so I think the Magic are going to sit tight with him. They know they have that in their back pocket if they want it, where they can go out and maybe make a move for him uh, and, and, and then see where things take him from there. Uh, final question. I'll, I'll, I'll take one more question from Leslie Stoves. Uh, what are your expectations for Gordon this season? Uh, I think most improved is a possibility. I actually do too. Um, I I think what we saw from Aaron Gordon toward the end of last season was was really, really encouraging. He averaged, I think, 16.4 points per game after the All-Star break. Uh, the thing you got to remember with Aaron Gordon is we have not seen him have a healthy NBA offseason. Remember, he had remember, remember Summer League after his rookie year. 
he went out, was clearly by far the best player at the Summer League after his rookie year. He was undeniably the best player there. He goes to Vegas, horses around with his brother, breaks his jaw. He's done for the summer. He's not able to do anything for the summer. Disappointing. Definitely slowed him up that, that second year. Didn't really get to see those same improvements, and it really took him a while to get his, to his feet under him. And by then, the season's ongoing. So fast forward to, to the summer after his second season last year. Looked like he was playing well. Looked like he was making some improvements. Sprained his ankle right before the big open gyms. Played out of position most of the year. You know, even I think even even he said it, he wasn't. He didn't really feel like he was 100 percent until like December. Uh, so uh, I think that we haven't seen Aaron Gordon at his best yet. Uh, when he was fully healthy, playing power forward on offense, he looked fantastic. Um, I think that he's really figured out some things in his game. I think uh, you give him a full healthy summer to improve. The kid works. Kid works his butt off. Um, he is a, he is a hard worker. Uh, it's not just dunks with him. I think that he really does want to improve his game. Uh, if you want to, if you want to see how much Aaron Gordon has improved his game, take a look at his free throw percentage in college. It was below fifty percent to his free throw percentage last year at around seventy. That's a heck of an improvement. Shows that he's put a lot of work on his jump shot. So it wouldn't surprise me if he comes back next year with an improved three point shot. Um, got it. He's got to tighten his handles up, but but when he made quick moves, got to the basket, got to his spots. Um, he was really, really good. Great in transition, so I think this new offensive system is going to fit him a lot better. And playing power forward, obviously, uh, is going to be a big boost to him as well. So I, I actually have very high expectations for Aaron Gordon. I think it's it's very possible, actually, that he ends up being the Magic's best scorer this year. Uh, I think that that he could be the team's leading scorer. I, I'm not going to get into the most improved player award conversation, but you know, it, let's let's say the Magic are sitting in, in eighth or ninth. Uh, at the end of uh, at the All Star break, maybe Aaron Gordon's the guy who represents them at the All Star game for having a nice season. I, I'm not going to put it past them. I haven't broken down the, the front court back court thing as far as the All Star candidates, but I, I I I expect big things for Aaron Gordon. I think that as long as he stays healthy this summer, that is such a critical thing for him. He's so raw, uh, and, and his development's been stunted by so many things. Staying healthy is just the number one priority for him. Uh, I have no doubt that he's he's putting in a lot of work and, and getting better uh, in wherever he's working. I think he's working out in California. Uh, so I, I think that that he is uh, definitely uh, going to take another step up this year. I don't know how big of a leap. I don't think it'll be the quote-unquote leap that we all talked about Victor Oladipo taking. But I do think that Aaron Gordon can be a 15, 16-point-per-game guy plus the team's best perimeter defender. And, and with the other defenders the Magic have now, uh, I think a, a clearer defensive uh, identity is going to take place. The backdrop of all this, of course, is Aaron Gordon's extension. Uh, I think the Magic may try and offer him an extension, but uh, I, I suspect that that he'll end up back in uh, back uh, in restricted free agency uh, next next summer and and get a big payday for a big season. Uh, that's going to do it for me today here on the Facebook Live. I want to thank everyone for being patient with this experiment. I know the first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, we had some audio issues uh, that was recorded on my computer, so we will be able to post it on the Locked On Magic uh, feed. Uh, so, uh, if, if you, for the first 15 minutes where I discuss at length the Marcus George's Hunt uh, news today, um, that will be on Locked On Magic tomorrow. Uh, I want to thank everyone for their participation. This was a fun experiment. Um, I'm def I definitely learned something here about technology. Uh, I want to thank everyone again for their patience with it. Uh, I 
you know, we'll hopefully do some more of these in the future. Um, just to, just to keep an, just keep an, just to keep an eye out for them. Hopefully I'll be able to give a little bit more lead time. I announced it on the podcast, uh, announced it very quickly here, uh, on, uh, on Twitter as well. So, uh, hopefully more of you get to join me and it can become a little bit more commonplace. See my face a little bit, see my Northwestern swag, this big N right there, uh, for those that are watching on Facebook live still. Um, and thanks again for all your questions, both for the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag, which is up on orlandomagicdaily.com and here on the Facebook Live. Again, I hope to do this uh, maybe a little bit more often. It's an, it's, an, it's an interesting and fun technology, so uh, definitely want to try this out again, and, and I'll make sure that I'm home uh, and able to do it right next time with a microphone, so hopefully I can do it off my computer and the camera will be a little less shaky like that. Um, of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You probably like us already on Facebook here at Orlando Magic Daily. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at Oh, Magic Daily. That's going to do it for me today. This is the last episode of Locked On Magic for this week. We'll be back again on Monday. I'm going on. Vac- I'm going out of town on vacation. If anything breaks, I'll be back on Locked On Magic to break it down. Still have a few posts coming up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com while I'm on vacation, uh, but things will slow down a little bit. It's it's the beginning of August. Things are slow anyway. But until next time, thanks everyone for joining this exper- experiment. I'll see you all again next time, whether it's on OrlandoMagicDaily.com or on Locked On Magic. Have a good one, everybody. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.